This speech is my recital. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right. On top. It's tricky. It's the place. Here we go. It's tricky to rock. Craft Beer Radio, episode 424, on June 4th, 2017. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio. It's tricky to rock a rhyme, and it's tricky to do a show, but we're going to do it anyway. So tricky. So tricky. So hard. It's to, tricky, tricky, So tricky, hard to pour tricky. beers into the glass, drink them, and talk about them. Hey, I mean, unless we're doing something right. 423 of these. No, that's the easy part. It's posting the show and then doing this for 12 years. <laughs> not getting bored of, not, not hating each other. That's probably the hardest part. Well. <laughs> okay, on to the first. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's easy to 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 get along, you know. Especially since we keep this thing. We don't, you know, we're not all together all the time. Sure, sure. I, I didn't. Yeah, it didn't really come out right. It's. It's. Uh, <laughs> what I meant was, you know, it's hard to have the dedication to do it for yeah, that long, right. and us, you know. And and not getting sick of each other in the time. Right? Well, I mean, the, the fact that, that you guys are listening to it is part of the you know the thing that keeps us going for mm-hmm. sure. So and and your comments and stuff like that. So on to the beer. This is Martin City's Belgian style blonde. Although they have it on their website as a Belgian rye blonde. Interesting. Dave sent us this beer. Six point five percent alcohol by volume. Thirty IBU and. Blend of rye malt and Zotz hops with a Belgian yeast strain. It's a blonde without the E at the end. Yes. It was canned back in, or at the very end of February. Okay. Well, Belgian, st- I mean, mm-hmm. you know, not a not a big deal in terms of... Um, not going to be hop-faded or anything. Yeah. So the thing, for being a blonde, it is a bit darker than you would expect. If you, like, if you hold up to the light... It has kind of this, oh, it's it's kind of goldish orange, but it has kind of this like tanness to it, or brownness, like or, or yeah, even grayness. Got, yeah, to it. gray is, is what I was thinking. It's kind of it kind of has a, a granite like note to the color, um, as if it's sort of a almost when I think of the the outside color of the pyramids that you're used to this, <laughs> okay. this is sort of what it sort of looks like it's kind of gold but dusty the aroma is interesting I'm digging the aroma so you're getting uh, kind of a, a sweet uh, so you know it almost seems like there's some candy sugar in there or something like that but if there's a floral thing I'm thinking like uh, wildflower honey uh, maybe uh, you know just blossoms and trees. With some sort of nutmeg stuff in there, too. There's also uh, spice coming through in the aroma. Well. Okay. If I get down in deep, kind of have my nose right on top of the beer, get more of the malt aromas. And, you know, since Greg told me there's rye in there, I'm smelling kind of the spiciness of the rye. The, I just took a taste, and that is... Um, that's not like a, a blonde ale that you're familiar with, for sure. That's very different. The, <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, so while Greg's recovering, 
it it has a more meaty body to it. You know, the the malts. I think that yeah, the rye is super apparent, and it's really interesting how the rye is playing with those honey candy type flavors. It kind of comes up first as uh, Belgian uh, Belgian golden like, and then the rye kicks in mm-hmm. and takes it to a, in a different direction. So you start out with sort of a sweet kind of Belgian, you know fruitiness from the east going on um and then yeah, the rye takes it and it, it really just kind of twists it mm-hmm. i'm trying to figure out where to but definitely to a more grainy territory uh with with some more uh for lack of a better immediate term spice mm-hmm. but um just trying to figure it out but it's, it's definitely interesting it uh gives it more of a Gives it a bit of a farmhouse feel. I mean, it, it's not not Britannomyces. It's not that crazy of yeah. a yeast, but the way the rye is playing with there, it does make it feel like a beer that has you know uh, a saison yeast. I think or, you're right. I, I think it, it it adds that it adds a complexity and adds a kind of um, just a sort of bumpy character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, think of a saison like a Phantom. Or uh, Saison Dupont or something like that, right? Where it gives you that little more. I have to try those things. I need to get those references it's been back. So long, I know. Yeah. But think about like granite and kind mm-hmm. of cracked, you know, cracked stone and things like that. You know, very dry Saison. The rye is like a reasonable analog for those kinds of yeast induced flavors. This is good. I like this. I am curious. You know, when you see Belgian-style blonde, this kind of beer, it's usually marketed as a light. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems to me that the rye is kind of a curveball that not everyone would appreciate. Yeah. and I love it, but I wonder if there's people who are looking for something more traditional. And if, you know, <clears throat> if maybe they could have uh, named this a little more appropriately for, for what it is. It's interesting because I, um, when I do, when I'm preparing the stuff for the show, I do just Google search and usually I'll get the ratings from Beer Advocate and stuff. It depends on the site, but a site like Martin City, the Beer Advocate and Rate Beer stuff shows up first. And the ratings are pretty low. Um, in Rate Beer, it's 53%, on Beer Advocate, uh, 3.8. Huh. And I think part of it is that this is not traditional. It's different and i think that it could be uh, i i would i'm not gonna i don't want to waste the time scanning the reviews mm-hmm. to see what people are saying but i'd be curious to see what they are saying and whether they're not understanding it i you know, i would think most beer advocate people who would be you know there's the there's the tickers who just review everything right. to get their numbers up but the people who are drinking this kind of beer and have a have have a palate you know Giving it low ratings. Okay, so I wonder if the age on this can has helped it, as opposed to a fresh one. You know, I'm trying to figure out how the discrepancy, because, I mean, I think this beer is awesome. I, I think this is great. I think this is a great example of what we're, 424 episodes in, what we're looking for is stuff that... It's novel. It's it's yeah. no, new to us. It, it's awry with that Belgian... Uh, you know, golden ale, blonde ale type flavoring, and it's it works. It's interesting. It's yeah. fun to explore. It's the combination of the novelty and the enjoyability together are making this 
a very successful beer in my eyes. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I wonder if part of it is that there is an intrinsic difficulty level in some sense that you have to be prepared to look for this. I think there is, but the people who are taking the time to review beers on Beer Advocate, now I I have an idealized desire Mm -hmm. of who those people are. I know that many of those people are not those people, but I'm just surprised by the low rankings. Nothing Uh, wrong with it. It's, yeah, and another thing is, and we talk about this sometimes, we're doing this in, in a much more controlled environment than like at a bar or something where you normally get beers. This is not the most drinkable thing in the world. Right? It, it doesn't go down easy. It, ta- it, it It's a little bit challenging on the palate, so it's not, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's not the, the, the perfect bar beer. It's not the per- it's, but it's an enjoyable experience. I, you know, I don't, I don't, know if any of these are answers yeah but just throwing out possibilities the the ratings were in line with my worry that the the beer inside the can doesn't really live up to the expectations mm-hmm. of the label because it's much more complex than right what the label suggests it will be it's interesting that beer advocate doesn't didn't get that and i you know what i think i'm gonna do is i'm gonna have to look at some of those reviews later on and see what they're saying all right, well, what should we go to Let's next? Let's do the other beer Dave gave us. All right, so this is from Kansas. Kansas Territory. Territory. It's their Wind Wagon IPA. 85 IBU, 7% alcohol. Uh, hops gave everything they had to blend. Resinous notes of citrus and pine into this all malt blend. So I'm guessing phase two, uh, Chinook, Tomahawk, Zeus, that kind of stuff. Simcoe. We have a kind of golden. Leading towards amber. It's yes. Or a deep bronze. Clear. Pretty, really clear. A nice, about finger and a half worth of uh, kind of shaving cream. Well, not shaving cream totally. It's sort of a light, bubbly head. Okay. This beer's a little bit past its prime. Best by April 10th. All right. So we're in June. It's, you know, Okay. We should expect to, to taste some hot fade on here. Mm-hmm. What I'm smelling, I mean, aside from the the thing that's like poking out, besides from the malt and the hops, which the hops aren't very bright on the nose, mm-hmm. but I'm getting like a strawberry, like those strawberry candies. Hmm. You know, those hard candies that are, you know, the the wrapper looks like a strawberry. That's kind oh. of what I'm smelling. <laughs> so not Jolly Rancher, but sort of a no. knockoff. Yeah, it's a hard candy. Yeah. Come in the little red and green. Grandma wrapper. always has them. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of sweetness from the malt is mostly what I'm detecting. Uh, and I think that that's getting that sort of fruity thing going on. But at 85 IBU, I'm expecting this to be pretty bitter. The strawberries are coming through in the flavor for me big time. Like, it's almost like... Um, it's like a strawberry beer. Are you getting significant amounts of strawberry or no? I I can see. Here, take a sip out of this okay. glass. When I poured our beers, I actually did. I I poured it in four different segments. Mm-hmm. Me, you, me, you. So shouldn't be too much stratification. They're, they taste basically the same. I think 
I mean, I'll take another sip of mine. Either my palate's getting accumulated. I tasted more strawberry in the first sip, but, you know, let me go back to mine and see if it's... Yours had some. Aside from that, you're getting uh, a nice, rich, bready malt character. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's on the sweet side, so instead of being like bread crust or rustic bread, it's more like a cinnamon roll or something like that. You know, some kind of muffin or roll type bread. Not a bitter bomb. I mean, bitterness, hop fade of the... Flavors of, of hops can fade, but the bitterness generally doesn't. The bitterness so much. does drop out. It does. Okay, so I mean, I don't know if uh, April to June Best Buy will have much, but like if you age a beer, the bitterness okay, yeah, drops out. yes. But in my experience, it has been at least that the older bitter stuff tends to stay longer yeah. than, than the, mm-hmm. than the sure. flavor right. compounds. But this doesn't really taste over, over bitter to me. It, it has a, a, a lot of malt to compensate. Mm-hmm. The, the hops are, I think, faded. Yeah, I mean, it's not really coming across as an IPA to me. Um, I'm getting used to it. It's not coming across as like a strawberry beer as it, as it initially had. There's a fair amount of bitterness in there. I mean, I feel the, the lingering bitterness on my tongue, but it's not teeth ripping. Yeah. It's not scathing. The beer is, um, there's nothing uh, unlikable about this no. beer, but because of its age, it, it, it's, it's, it's kind of ordinary. There really isn't, I mean, it's it's a nice malty drink with enough bitterness so that the malty doesn't feel sweet, mm-hmm. but that's about all. I, I like the, I'm still, I mean, I'm still getting that strawberry note. I know you're not as much, nearly as much as I am. I'm enjoying that. I think that works in this beer. If you were asking me to like categorize where I think like what I would call this beer, I guess I'd still call it a an IPA, maybe an APA. You know, there's still some hoppiness there, but it's not. At seven percent, you might even fit it into an American strong ale. Yeah, maybe. Or we just call it beer. <laughs> it does seem to be beer. Yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm enjoying it. I like the sweetness on this thing. I like the fruit flavor. I would love to, you know, have the opportunity to try this fresh and compare mm-hmm. it. That was that was nice, but I mean, nothing, nothing uh, mm-hmm. truly notable. Like the, and it's the hard to it's hard to you know with it, with it so much age on it, it's hard to really yeah. know what you're going to get from bottle to bottle. Okay. Well, and we get these two coffee. This one's chocolate. This isn't their IPA. Let's uh, let's go with this one. Okay, yeah. I was thinking. So I drank the last of that um, Kansas Territory pretty quickly, and the bitterness piled up on my tongue. Like, mm. I have a mouthful of bitter right now. So I didn't want to – I wanted something that would kind of cut through that. So I think this brown now probably will do fairly well. This is from Evil Twin. This is Wet Dream. Is – Kenya beans from the Coffee Collective in Copenhagen. A brown ale brewed at Westbrook in South Carolina. 6% alcohol by volume. Greg played a song for me that I had all but forgotten about from my youth. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we are talking about Wet Dream. Do you remember that song with all the fish puns? 
I was having a wet well, it's dream. It's called wet dream, but it is all Driving it's all through fish. the Gulf, Gulf Stream. Ooh, yeah. wet dream. That was one of, one of the possibilities to, to do the show. But <laughs> Such yeah. an awful yeah, song. Yeah, it's terrible. I remember when I was a kid, the radio station, the you know, the rock radio station would play that like fairly regularly, like you know, Saturday night type thing. Mm-hmm. Such an awful song. It is terrible. Color's black. If you hold up to the light, you get kind of brown highlights. So, like, deep, deep mahogany. Yeah. About two fingers worth the head. Big coffee aroma. The coffee aroma on it, though, is a bit work coffee. You know, like, on the aroma so far, I'm not getting any great nuances. It's just kind of just coffee. Your standard uh, sheets percolator. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. I mean, short of you know, short of that coffee being burnt, yeah. you know, it just smells. It smells like a good cup of work coffee or a good cup of sheets coffee. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's not burnt and over steeped in. Oh, uh, you know, I think I'm smelling. You know, kind of the 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 toasty toffee brown ale, but the coffee's kind of really taking the aroma. I, I got a, a big whiff of the yeast there. Just smells like a standard sort of brown ale yeast, but uh, had that kind of sweetness characteristic. Hmm. That's curious. The coffee definitely comes through. It, it's it's strong and apparent. This is a coffee beer. What's that sourness from? There's. It's kind of a. Hoppiness with coffee bitterness blended together, something like that. What is that? You getting that? I think that might be just an astringent note from the coffee. Hmm. I don't taste. So the first first sip I took, it kind of came across like I mean, it wasn't really like anything specifically. You know, there was maybe like the 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 kind of sour grapefruit juice of a hopping in there along with the coffee bitterness it's hard to say what i'm getting is a fairly typical slightly ashy astringency from a kind of cold brewed not great coffee bean which is not to say they didn't use good mm-hmm. coffee beans it's i think i think did. it is hops it tastes a little more orangey that sip uh, remember when we had that coffee IPA thing from the long shot competition, Sam Adams, you know, yeah. I'm kind of getting that, you know, where, and that's kind of my reference point. That was the first time that I had like a coffee IPA and it sounds, it sounds weird, but the guy's argument was, well, grapefruit and coffee, you know, they're the breakfast flavors that go together. And I think I'm definitely getting that here. I mean, you tell me if you're tasting kind of a little bit of an orangey, like, Tartness or you know citric acid in there. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm noticing a, a hot bitterness being associated with this, and I guess um, if I if I look in that direction, if I point my microscope in that direction, I can sort of see where you're, where, where okay. that's coming from. I'm focusing more on kind of the 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 direct coffee flavor and the really astringent stuff that's coming okay. from it, which is not really the most pleasing thing in the world to me. See, I'm not I'm not finding the thing that you're calling really astringent. I'm not this isn't really coming across as ashy. I mean, okay, the late aftertaste. 
the late aftertaste. I'm That's getting what I'm that. But like while it's in my mouth, I'm not getting too much of that. What I'm not, what I'm really not getting is the brown ale type flavors. Yeah, it's more like a porter to me. That's a porter. It has that big hopping to it. Uh-huh. So it, you know, there's not very many super hoppy brown ales that I can draw a comparison to. So it makes me it takes me out of brown ale territory mostly because of how hopped it is. Yeah, it 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 feels like a coffee porter with Ameri- with a considerable American hopping. But see if yeah, I you know, I actually I'm not sure I can really go in on if I was blindfolded and couldn't see the color of this beer. I would think that it is much lighter in color. I would say that you know it doesn't have a brown ale or a porter base to it. It's the ashiness that makes me think porter. That is okay. out. But yeah, it doesn't have. I, I see what you're saying. Where yeah, th- this could, I could see this be close to golden in color mm-hmm. and uh, and not be and and think okay, this is a yeah. I think it'd be hard to not get the coffee out of it, but no, I, I definitely think it's the coffee. But I mean, I'm I'm firmly in the camp of no matter what this looks like, I'm calling this a coffee IPA. Okay, <laughs> I am. I mean, I'm okay. getting so much um, citrus, orangey flavor, and bitterness, and coffee from it. I suppose that's true. There's really not a lot of melanoidin character here, right? You're not mm-hmm. getting uh, even things that you would get in. Newer black IPAs these days, where you do get some of that sort of chocolate notes. The only thing that doesn't really line up with that statement of coffee IPA is that kind of ashy, late, late aftertaste. Right. You know, it's hard to reconcile that thing as a coffee IPA. So, so now it's a ultra hoppy brown ale that has coffee <laughs> added to it, but it tastes mostly like a coffee IPA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the strategy does come in late when when you let. When your beer is done, you sort of let your your mouth mm-hmm. aerate. Yeah, you know you don't want to have a last sip of this thing. Till then, it's fine. It's okay. Um, there's nothing wrong with it, right? I mean, it's it's there's no mm-hmm. flaws in the beer. Uh, it's just no, it tastes sharp, tight, and clean. Mm-hmm. It's just an unusual combination of flavors, right? Which you might say, okay, well, the Belgian Blonde was an unusual combination of flavors. Yeah, those were more in our wheelhouse, I suppose. Um, this is more, not, I guess, not what we're looking for. But when you see, the, the promise is not, is not fulfilled to me. This isn't giving you a dream. <laughs> well, it reminds me of that song. <laughs> <laughs> This is a wet dream from Evil Twin. Alright, so I wanted to get away from Hoppy, that last one, and that didn't do it. No. Well, we could go... Hmm. I guess we go with this guy. I guess. It's, it's, it's on the same sort of wavelength. Yeah. like So we need like a double palate cleanse here. We don't want any more coffee and we don't want any more hops, but the next two beers are coffee and hops. <laughs> so which do we go oh, with? And, and we have a, a chocolate habanero, so we don't want to have the spicy until the end because yeah, we don't want that to, to exactly. ruin our palate. So tough choice, Let's but yeah, with I get with times. the modern times. 
So you brought this back from your trip out to Arizona. To quote-unquote Australia, which is Arizona. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Black House for Modern Times is a coffee stout, uh, 5.8% alcohol by volume 40 IBU. The hop varieties is... That's interesting. They call it a CO2 extract. I'm not sure what that means. Um... I've heard of that, but I don't remember enough information. It's one of those methods to, you know, it's a way to get an extract out of hops, but, you know, I don't know how the properties of carbon dioxide help you do that. This could be, I think this, I think I remember hearing about this with um, Miller, um, Genuine Draft or something like that. One of those beers where... They use a hop extract and they use carbon dioxide to do something to it such that it won't uh, skunk. I didn't think that was carbon dioxide. I, th- it, but I, I remember know. reading, I mean, back when I was doing the skunking thing, there was something mm-hmm. about okay. an extract that used, it might have been carbon, it was some gas diffused through it that changed it, changed its properties so it wouldn't isomerize under the sun. Well, not isopermerize. Not a, yes, um, pho- photolize. Photolize to make isopermer captain. Yes. Okay, so well, here's the malt list. This is crazy. Uh, two row kiln coffee malt, oats, pale chocolate malt, black Co- malt, coffee malt, black malt, <laughs> roasted it. barley, biscuit malt, and crystal sixty. It's a hell of a malt bill. The coffee variety: seventy five percent Ethiopian, twenty five percent. Sumatran. All right. So Northern Brewer for the home brewers have Simpsons Coffee Malt. And the Northern Brewer is owned by Anheuser-Busch, right? Oh, so, wait. Is that, is that who they bought them? Somebody bought I them. I can't remember. Yeah, somebody. Oh, speaking of somebody bought them. So, you know, like last week there was that whole, what was the name of that website that kind of caught out all the publications and everything that was owned by big brewers. I don't know. Um, I stopped paying attention that a while ago. Yeah. So, like, good beer hunting was was caught out. And so all the craft beer guys are now, you know, have to hate good beer hunting. And then this week, good beer hunting breaks that rate beer has a minority investment by uh, XZ Ventures or whoever that is, the Anheuser-Busch Venture Capital Company. So, um yeah, you're, you're... If you trace the money to anything, you'll find some corporation somewhere is is behind money in some sort. So it's all... <laughs> yeah. Look, beer is a big business. There's a lot of money in it. There's, it you're not going to be... You shouldn't be surprised that businesses are putting... Are you trying to use it to make money for themselves? Yeah, so like craft beer... Just because there's money in something does not necessarily mean that there is a negative influence because of that money. Yeah, like I said, the correlation is not causation. So, uh, you know, I saw this, there's a bunch of tweets, but one of the tweets that I picked up on was uh, at Craft Beer put, uh, so every time you rate a beer on Rate Beer, Anheuser-Busch InBev is collecting data on you, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) And then... Oh, no! And then he linked to the Good Beer Hunting thing about... 
the the story about you know being uh, acquired a minority stake in rate beer, and then my my tweet was I thought GBH could be hunting was the new enemy dot 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 I'm so Kaveffi ah yes Kaveffi. So that was my meta tweet of the week. I did a tweet. It was just Kovefi. Hashtag Kovefi. <laughs> <laughs> but I changed it from coverage to confused. Mm. So see, I do a little... I saw a whole story, like several stories about people trying to figure out what Kovefi mean. Like they couldn't figure out that it meant. In the context, it was, was kind of obvious. It was, it was super obvious. <laughs> but people were making hay about like, I mean, sure, make hay about... We'll talk about this in post show. Yeah, but <laughs> you pour me some water. Absolutely, thank you. So, okay, oatmeal coffee style, basically, and immediately I'm smelling something different. I'm smelling some coffee that smells like it has more nuance to it, along with some chocolate. Yeah, it has a bit of a latte type character. Mm-hmm. So there's the oatmeal, but maybe the oatmeal's coming across a little bit creamy. You know, if I was blind, I'd probably say like a coffee milk stout. Just from the aroma so mm-hmm. far. All right, Simpsons coffee malt. We don't know that this has Simpsons, but you know, Northern Brewer, a uh, dark roasted malt. This is on the lighter coffee. end of chocolate malt spectrum. Will impart a dark brown color and rich coffee-like flavor and aroma, used to enhance the coffee-like roast character in stouts and porters, or try it in a brown or amber ale to give additional complexity. 150 really, love about I really like the smell of this. It's a really nice, good, roasty quality to it. The coffee is, is adding to the aroma in a good way as opposed to making it um, diverge. Yeah, I mean, I haven't taken a sip yet. The smell, though, you know, it, it, it is enveloping. Mm-hmm. It has a much lighter the coffiness of this one is much lighter than the wet dream. And like I said, it has a bit of that milky type smell too, which is probably the oatmeal part. First sip. I'm enjoying it pretty good. Um, the, the flavor, the, the aroma follows through with the flavor. Mm-hmm. It's definitely has a creamy aspect to it. They note here it's available on nitro, so that might even like increase oh, wow. the creaminess. Yeah, that to would it. really, yeah. Yeah, for me, I mean, so compared to the previous beer, this one has much lower bitterness, mm-hmm. much lower. There's no hop flavor. There's no citrusiness to this. It's it's all about the stout and the coffee. So you get that stout character, which gives you uh, kind of you know that roasty cocoa, baker's chocolate type thing. And then the coffee comes in. Coffee is used with great restraint. Yes. I think that, that's part of the key. So it's, like, it's not like you're drinking something that's like has a pot of coffee poured into it. It's just kind of these like coffee notes, these nuances of coffee in the beer. Yeah, that that's so key because in these sort of – in this large concentration like in the Wet Dream – you just get a bunch of astringency, and it really and and all the interesting, like all the hair of the flavor is is shaved off. Mm-hmm. 
But this has all these interesting strands that come off. That go yeah, into my, my second fruit. sip was doubled down on the smoothness, the, the creamy odiness of the beer. And, you know, this tastes like, you know, there, there can be oatmeal stouts with no coffee. We're talking about the coffee character of the beer. And this is falling in that fuzzy area in between where it may or may not be an ingredient, but it has the flavors. Now, it doesn't really flavor-wise have, have a milk stout quality. It doesn't have that milk sugar thing. So, I mean, in hindsight, it, in hi- I mean, from the aroma, I was calling it a lot. No, a I latte, mean, I, I agree but, with you. Yeah. That, you know, but on the flavor, I mean, for a palate that is... You know, has enough experience to know the difference between oats and 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 uh, milk sugar, lactose, lactic, lactose. Um, it does feel much more oatmeal-y. But we're not drinking this blind either, right? So we have a huge yes. Q yeah. written right on the can in front of us. So you know that take that for what it's worth. But to me, it does seem like it's distinctly oatmeal. It has a more slick, has that mm-hmm. slickness we talk about. Has kind of more of that. You know, think of a bowl of big Quaker oats, you know, plain yeah. oatmeal, right? It has some of that kind of gooiness to it and that... Um, There's a good velvetiness yeah. going on, too, in, in, in the flavor. And then, like I said, with the nitro, that would even be more apparent. I'm not a huge fan of nitro beers, but I would like to try this one just because I think that it would it would kind of work. The, yeah, I don't worry that it would wash out the flavor. I'm really enjoying... The texture on this, I like. There's a little graininess to it, and if it gets too smooth, you're not going to. I don't. I fear that you wouldn't taste the cocoa as much. I fear that you wouldn't taste the coffee as much. Perhaps it's right because because carbonic acid has a quality that, that adds a slight tanginess to things. Mm-hmm. It's similar to not exactly the same as salt in terms of what it, in terms of it, it uh, activating receptors right. in, in a way. Modern Times generally makes pretty good beers, don't they? They're they're pretty good. I think we've had one that we didn't like so much, um, which is a good rate. Yeah. I'm liking this one quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm always excited when, it, when I see a Modern Times I haven't tried, and, and uh, that's the reason why I got that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's... This is the Black House from yeah. Modern Times. It's... You know, when I get out to Arizona, since I do go out there twice a year, uh, it's nice to be able to grab those things. Even though, you know, at first I was looking just for Arizona beers, but being able to get stuff that's around there that you mm-hmm. simply don't get is, is absolutely. Is nice. If you can get, yeah, modern times is in San Diego, so mm-hmm. not no, it's regional mm-hmm. to Arizona. Uh, San Diego is not far. Um, yeah, it's about. Probably about five hours by car mm-hmm. from Tucson, so it's not a, a huge deal to get there. Right. If I wanted to, like, I I could make a instead of going to instead of going to Grand Canyon, I could go to uh, Mexico is only you know forty five minutes. Yeah, but, yeah, it's different. But the Grand Canyon was five hours away from Tucson. Um, it would be the same trip to get this to uh, San Diego, but I don't know what the point of that would be. <laughs> well, that's yeah. the thing. You go to the Grand Canyon. You see an amazing spectacle, right? But then you're done. You know, it's easy to get back to work. You go to San Diego. There's more to see. Yeah, there. You want to spend time there, and yep. that's not you know. In, for for the Grand Canyon, I was able to be okay. I experienced this. Mm-hmm. That was the important part. 
you'd want more time in a place like San Diego, particularly if you're going there on a beer hunt. Mm -hmm. Nice and good. Yes, it is. We didn't really collect much else news this week. Oh, there it is. The uh, thing oh, was, you know what that sound is. Oh. So, here's the thing. We're doing this show, and we're going to keep doing it. And as we said at the beginning, mostly because you guys like it, but also because we like doing it, let's face it. Uh, you want to support the show, uh, go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. You can then, you'll be directed directly to Amazon. You can then buy what you want. Here's the other thing that we forget to mention all the time. Maybe you don't want to buy something right now, but you have in your head, like, i got to buy something later. But, you know, I'm waiting for the bills to come and then get through that. Go to Amazon. Go to craftbeerradio.com.amazon. Sorry, craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon right now. Put stuff in your cart. And then then leave. Come back later. It'll still be in your cart, and we will still get that referral bonus. I think it's for just for a month, but yeah, don't be too lazy. Right. But yeah, go ahead and add this up. You know, the easiest way to do it is just to, you know, every time you start shopping, craftyradio.com slash Amazon, you know that the link's tacked on there, and it doesn't cost you a penny more, and you help support us. You help us buy beer for the show. You help, uh, that's it. That, that's pretty much it. Buy beer for the show. Is well, like, uh, Greg stills eyeing up those. Uh, those I mean, I want to get them. Those microphones. I, I still think we might. It might be worth it to go for a lapel mic situation too. <sighs> we can talk about this later in the post show or something. I don't know. I haven't thought too much about lapel mics. Then you can't pull away. They're always <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, who knows. Greg just wants a new gadget. <laughs> we gotta get more. We should test more beer gadgets. <laughs> the beer claw. We had that opportunity. <laughs> um, we, yeah, we need more beer gadgets. But uh, I, I'm sure there's a lot of great stuff you can find on Amazon. Uh, but when you need to buy something, just go to craftbeerradio.com/amazon. That will help support us. Thanks. All right, so I guess we'll go for the Great Lakes now. Yep. This. So, oh, I was going to say the same thing you were going to say. They, they gave us this beer to taste. It's one of their new beers. Uh, I contacted the Connie, the local sales rep, a little bit ago because I noticed that Great Lakes was like putting out like this whole new line of mm-hmm. brand new beers. And we've this is the last one we drank them all the, all the ones they gave us. There was the hibiscus beer. There was the Odin's beer, the Mexican lager. Yep, there was the Odin one. There was the turntable pills, mm-hmm. and this is the Hop by Numbers IPA, seven point two percent alcohol by volume, eighty IBU, Cascade and Simcoe, and Experimental Hop zero six two seven seven, which. Uh, they say is pineapple stuff. I'm a very bad radio host because this is an enjoy by May 7th. Mm. So bad. Well, it's only a month. <laughs> uh, this is Denali. Denali is uh, 06277. Okay. 
it, it smells still smells hoppy. I've had this beer a few times. It still smells like I remember, so it doesn't seem hop faded. Just got an oyster smell from it. That was interesting. <laughs> I'm not smelling that. Very. That was, it was just it was just a, a fleeting like the first thing. Very right? dark for an I, or IPA. This thing is almost and it brown was fresh and oyster by the way. So it was more like ocean kind of sea a briny thing. Yeah, yeah. Almost like a brown ale. Like it, it is deep amber. Yeah. So you would think with that color, there'd be a lot of malt, right? This isn't going to be hops and water. Yes. There's going to be a lot of malt in here. 7.2% also, so I mean, mm-hmm. that is indicative of a lot of malt. So when I smell it, it's still hop forward. Uh, you know, there's some malt in there too, but I'm yeah. getting, you know, and probably the place that I know Denali best is from that Flying Dog. Mm-hmm. or Yeah, no. Flying Dog. Yeah, they did Denali double IPA. Wasn't there one that we, like, there was some Denali thing that we loved. That might have been the flying dog. Might have been, but I, for some reason I think it's different. But who knows? So, you know, it, this rings a bell. Whether it's a flying dog or something else, the smell definitely rings a bell. And that doesn't help everyone. So let's try to put adjectives to the hop smell. Okay. So this is, uh, according to, to the uh, things here, it's mostly Denali and uh, Shades of Cascade and Simcoe. So Cascade and Simcoe to give a mm-hmm. background, Denali to really push forward. So I'm smelling, how should I put this? There is, oh, I got a malt here too. Uh, Harrington Two Row, Crystal 77, and Chocolate Malt. Okay. Hey, Great Lakes malt, loves, Great Lakes seems to use Harrington for their base malt for everything. Putting chocolate everything. malt in a, in a an IPA that's not really designed for you know, necessarily being a chocolate thing is an interesting take. Yeah, it, it might just be a trace amount to drop the color. Right. You know? We'll see when we move on to the, the flavor. And if you just wanted to color, you could use one of those... Um, Kara. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's an black awesome... Patent, you know. no, 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 no. No, not, not black patent. Black patent's going to give you the no. flavor. I think about, gonna... about the, the stuff that's used for like the, the initial black eye. Graffa. Graffa, right, yeah. All right, so for the hop aroma for Denali, the thing that's... Let me throw this at you. You just took a sip. I'm mm-hmm. still on the aroma. Do you get any rhubarb? Like, I was trying to, like, figure out what the Denali is I'm used to, and there's a bit of a kind of a woody barkiness. There's a little bit of something, a little dank, but I think rhubarb might be the thing. Because I was thinking like, like strawberry, so unless... oh, so I was thinking more of like a a fleshy stem. Okay, so like not celery and not like jewelweed, parsnip. So I, I can think about. It. So I was trying to think of like fleshy stems, you know, juicy fleshy stems, and I landed on rhubarb. Strawberry is also kind of a fleshy stem, yeah, ultimately. Yeah. It's sort of what the strawberry is. The the fruit are those little things you call seeds. I'm not getting parsnip. I mean, I think parsnips are more of a root vegetable. You know, they fit in line. Well, they are. But, yes. I mean, the flavor is, I think, more of line of... 
<laughs> I'm drawing a blank. It's not potato. It's not sweet potato. No, it, but... it's it's kind of carrot without a. Yeah, it's got a sweetness, yeah. but yeah. without without a lot of the carroty note. So it's mm-hmm. more sweet and. Yeah. And actually, I wasn't thinking of parsnips. I was thinking of turnips. Uh, yes. Yeah, so well, no. Not the same. Not thing. turnip. Not the same thing. I like parsnips. They have a subtle kind of sweetness to them. They're they're not overpowering, and, and they're really good if you, um, you know, you boil them or make turn them into a to a. Um, what am I thinking of? Where you add cream to it, and you and you pulverize it. Um, oh yeah, what are those called? <laughs> anyway, it's good puree. I think it was a better name. I mean, pureeing is the pulverizing part, but the mm-hmm. the thing where you make the the creamy broth or not <laughs> broth. What, yeah, what is that? It's like it's parsley puree. That's what it is. It's yeah, a... I did. I made that with uh, a celery root one. Mm-hmm. one a mountain brown thing. Yeah, that was really good. It's really good. This is nice. This has. It's still kind of in in that phase two ish. Area it reminds me of the kind of man candyish stuff that we used to mm-hmm. you know, have. It, it has a sweet juiciness to it. I yeah. mean, the malts here. I mean, look at the color of this thing. But the malts are definitely the main thing. But it's you. I wouldn't even call it an English style IPA, right? No. The the amount of malts on this one is it's just like a giant multi IPA. It oh it oh so the bitterness. Here, let me throw this at you. It has a moderate bitterness that kind of lingers a little bit. And uh, you probably haven't had it in a while, but, you know, think of Arrogant Bastard. Think no, of, it's similar. Think of the maltiness right. plus the bitterness on mm-hmm. that. No, I, I think it's similar. The, the, the problem with Arrogant Bastard, in, in my mind, is that the bitterness then just really lays it on thick, kind of like the wet dream. Mm-hmm. It has this aftertaste that, yeah. that uh, overpowers the the interesting stuff that i not necessarily against in in the in the initial so this is a not so arrogant bastard kind of i mean i think think... that kind of i mean give people like a benchmark to Mm -hmm. say what this beer is you know think of a kinder gentler arrogant bastard a uh just a bastard (laughs) a more sophisticated bastard (laughs) well no excuse me is not the right word humbler humbler bastard there you go There's the title of the show, Humbler mm. Bastard. <laughs> not, not not bad. Um the it's still the decidedly phase two ish, right? In in that area of we're still going for Simcoe, we're still going. I mean there's still yeah, a bitterness. I mean, yeah, know. I mean that's it. It's not it's definitely not tropical. Right. It's it's apparently bitter, right? And one of the things for me that draws that line to the, the modern generation hops is that they're less apparently bitter. And you can... People who don't like bitter things like these IPAs. Right. And this is not that. This is something where you have to like moderate bitterness to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Even though Denali is a newer generation hop... Uh, it is. It is the, the formulation it's, it's, of this beer is still. It's in, closer to yeah. Simcoe's and Friends than yes. it is to Mosaic and Citra and Friends. 
yeah, it, it's it's nice as as that kind of as a reminiscent and and as a uh, as a reminder that you know those beers can still be good. It's not mm-hmm. we're not trying to to poop on all uh, phase two IPAs. We we think I think we both agree that phase three is more what we're what we want now. It's kind of more where our our I'd be curious are, to are see where we go in the future. I mean, like a couple weeks ago when we were talking about this, I tried to use a, a really, really, really shorthand in saying, you know, delicious. Right. And you really pushed back against that. Um, and I agree. It was, I was trying to, I was trying to use too few words. Yes. I don't know where I'm going. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to make the argument again. I wasn't trying to make yeah. the argument yeah. again. I thought I could draw a, a tangent on it or, you know, a conclusion on it, but I, I don't. I, I think the distinction is whether you are prioritizing a kind of bitterness and resinous versus fruity and juicy. Yeah. So, yes. All right, so we talked about it last time we did one of these beers. I have the Pepper 4-Pack from Flying Dog. So we're going to do yet another one of those. Chocolate Habanero Stout. 6.3% alcohol by volume. 30 IBU. The hops are Goldings. The yeast is their uh, Chico yeast that Flying Dog always uses. And the specialty malts are roasted chocolate black oats. Malt, malt, black malt, and oats. The color is, again, very, very black. Well, you put this up to the light, and it is almost just black. It's just got brown highlights on the edge. So on the heat scale, they have a little thermometer on the back. And it has one, two, 25 gradients on it. And we're at 5, 10, 15, 16, 17 out of 25. Okay, so I expect this to be pretty hot. So a little over three quarters. Now, of course, one of our favorite beers of the last couple of years has been Ballast Point's Heaven uh, Earth Open. Yep. Fantastic beer uh, that we just love. And every time I have it, I don't lose appreciation for it. Oh, yeah. it's It, it has a really good balance because it is... It's big boy hot, you know, where it's, you know, so if you really don't like hot things, it's going to be too hot for you. But, you know, most people will be able to appreciate it. But It's not a lingering hot, too. Somehow they make it so the, the, comes the heatness is there, but it doesn't linger, doesn't stay forever. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's, it's just well put together. Yeah. It's almost as good as Watermelon Dorado. <laughs> yeah, watermelon Dorado would be the other side of that equation. <laughs> You need that well, balance, right? <laughs> there, there's the dark the side and the, the light for us, right? <laughs> All right, smelling this guy, the peppers are hidden. Doesn't smell like a pepper beer, does it? Smells like a stout, maybe it, maybe a chocolate stout. Yeah, what's weird is that a lot of stouts sometimes you think, oh, I'm smelling like a little, little cayenne or something on there. Like mm-hmm. you're not not getting any of that. I'm either. not smelling any pepper. It's like this thing is like ninja sneak attack mode here. Mm-hmm. This is part of the Heat series. That's what the four-pack was. Or it was a 12-pack with four different beers. 
There's no way that is 17 out of 25 hot. I'm giving it time because they say on their website, um, sweet chocolate evolves into a heat that lingers. And there is um, an after effect, but not a huge heat after effect. It's not... I got, like, nothing. Like, nothing? Nothing. No, I did have some... uh, some uh, pad cow, I, it was like pad Thai, but I tried a different one this time for dinner, and Heather ordered it five out of five, so it was pretty spicy. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe my maybe my heat sensors are a little burned out today. Yeah, it might be. This is not, but that sip, you know, because I was a little cautious, um, and there was a, a a tingling, but nothing overpowering. All right, so on the second sip. I mean, looking, looking for anything that tastes like a pepper. I got a little on the top back of my throat, a little bit on my tongue right now. It, it's, is it, would I call it a habanero? I'm not getting any of the tropical flavors. I'm not getting the little burning I got could almost be attributed to carbonation really you know like maybe my tongue's burned out from dinner but it probably is because it there's no question that there's heat in here but i'm not getting any habanero flavor i'm really not getting much flavor at all it, it's kind of a very blase uh stout there's some vague hints of chocolate but i'm not i'm not appreciating much distinct flavor here it kind of feels very so on the third sip I'm I'm tasting kind of the it's almost like the static on a television like there's like background buzz on my tongue yes yes yeah and sure it it seems in line with what the kind of heat habanero gives you but it's so mild it's it's really apparent on the back of my throat right now Less apparent on my tongue than it is on the back of my throat. Um, but it's just, like you say, kind of like a, a, a static, kind of like a tinkling. Mm-hmm. And just a little bit of, of a heat note, not a lot of flavor. I, I'm really not getting much in the way of flavor here. Yeah, I mean, the stouts, the stouts, bland. I don't know, to me, I don't know if i go with bland. It's fine. You know, you're getting chocolate isn't that chocolatey. You know, I don't know why you call it a chocolate stout and not just a stout. Unless they mean it in the terms of, you know, like Brooklyn black chocolate stout, which means imperial stout, but it doesn't seem to be that case. I, mean, I really do detect it when I taste it yeah, it's only on my 6. tongue. 3%. I get the I get the um the heat, but then the heat goes away and there's really not much distinctive here about the stout. I mean, like the modern times are very mm-hmm. Distinctive, a lot of great roasty flavors, a lot of nuance to it as well. And um, it's a shame because, I mean, one of the best things about habanero is the pepper flavor. Yeah, it's the fruity, the fruity flavor. Right. And if you can bring out that flavor without making people's ears ring, then you're doing something good with habanero. Mm-hmm. And this one is <laughs> unfortunately doing neither. It's not bringing out the pepper flavor. And it's not bringing out the heat. So if you're an endorphin guy who wants the heat, you're not getting that either. Yeah, I would say that, you know, four or five sips in, 
it's lingering enough to me that I can accept uh, the heat level. I'm not a huge heat guy, um, so I'm not uh, I'm not like Jeff, where you know I'm going through five. <laughs> I'm going two or three out of five at best for those places. Uh, but I. So I, I'm detecting the heat, especially when, when when I get a new sip. But there's not much qualitatively interesting about the heat, other than the fact that it's there. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you on. I don't just want heat in yeah. this beer. I want to taste the fresh habanero flavors. Right. There's that pepper that just came out this past year, the habanada that you yep. sent me a mm-hmm. link on. Uh, someone, I guess, genetically engineered or or bred bred a pepper. I think it was more breeding than genetically It has a habanero with, like, no capsaicin in it. And no they one were, might argue breeding is genetic. No, that's similar to the topic. And then they were doing things like, you know, putting it in ice cream. Basically, what Greg just said, like, the habanero has great flavors. And you have to figure out how to deploy those flavors without heat being overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Well, with the habanada, habanero with nada heat, habanada, uh... You get just those great flavors is the story. Um, there's like only one place like selling seeds for it. And you were kind of thinking about trying to get some seeds. Yeah, but I really more wanted to deal with the fruit instead of having to deal with having to grow a yeah. plant and get it. You just need to find a guy that grows peppers and yeah. get him some seeds. And uh, I'm looking forward to trying those things. I, could you imagine... Like I, I said on Twitter when you put that out, like I was kind of conflicted, right? And, and I'm not sure whether, I'm not sure whether my conflict was rightfully placed. <laughs> I am an endorphin guy. Right. I like getting the heat. Should that mean that there should be a barrier to entry for people to enjoy the great flavors of habanero? I'm gonna say no to that, right? You know, does did my gut reaction think that there should be? Maybe I don't know. But uh, yeah, I can, I can see a gut reaction that is different when you consider it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so I'm looking forward to trying some Havanada sorbet. That was one of the things yeah. that the company put on. Like the, the I think it was the company that did, like, released. Like, yeah, I want that. <laughs> I want some habanero sorbet. I want spicy ice cream. That's. You can get that. It's not impossible to get. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I don't know anybody who's... I mean, it's, you know, it's like bacon ice cream. It's a it's, it's a fad and it's out mm-hmm. there. It's not like it's it's impossible to find. It's just right. less easy to find than, than, than normal. Mm-hmm. You want to get on to the ranking? Sure. Time to rank. Hmm. Not a terribly difficult spread this time, but not easy to necessarily put in the in first, second, last right. place thing. Mm-hmm. It's like I get what where the spread is, but I don't know exactly what the gradations are. Alright, so think about. I'll work through it here. Yeah. Uh, let's put the Hmm. The hard the last one I'm having more trouble with than I thought. I'm I'm looking at the flying dog and the evil twin. So the flying dog I I'm putting in. I'm putting down towards the bottom because it wasn't a particularly interesting stout, and it also wasn't a particularly interesting pepper beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the evil twin. I'm looking at because it was 
a whole bunch of work coffee with an IPA. Right. And, and then some ashy astringency that comes in when you're done drinking it. I'm going to put the Evil Twin in last place. That um, it was a little too confusing. Give me an IPA or give me a coffee beer or give me a brown ale, but don't mash them all together in that that way. It just doesn't seem to work. Flying Dog in fifth place. It's by far the least interesting beer out of the heat pack that we've had so far. Yeah. And then the last one we have is this, they call it Cherry Bomb Goza. So it's a peppery Goza, apparently. We'll probably have that one next week. Um, all right. So now we got four beers that are in the competition. I am going to put the Great Lakes in fourth place. And uh, the reason I put this one here is I, I enjoyed the beer. I enjoyed how malty it was with mm-hmm. those Denali hops. I think my preference would be less malt in your IPAs. I, I think I want something that, you know, is a little more IPA-ish. And, and that malt was a big malt. It, it didn't even come across as like an English IPA. It came across it as It didn't have really toffee thing. notes. It had... It, it had well, a different kind it was of big, quality to it. Yeah, so. I mean, because what had, you say, Crystal 70 and, and some chocolate. chocolate. Yeah. Interesting combination to go with Denali. I'm going to put the uh, the Kansas Territory Brewing Company Windwagon in third place. Uh, this guy, and I got this a lot more than Greg did, but I really loved the strawberry flavors mm. in this thing. They, they were They were awesome. For for what they were, I mean, this beer was hop faded a bit, but the strawberry flavor I just thought made the beer really drinkable, interesting, good. I like that. I'm gonna put the uh, Modern Times Black House in second place. Uh, this beer was an oatmeal stout with coffee in it to me, and the coffee was used with such restraint that. I've had oatmeal stouts that taste had more coffee flavor in it, but no coffee added than this one had. And that's not a knock on the beer. It just it's it's a it's woven together so well that it it really didn't matter whether coffee was an ingredient or not. It was it was there to enhance the stout. It wasn't there to make a coffee beer. Is the way I'm going with that one, and then this this Morton City, this Belgian style Blondale, I, I thought that beer was awesome. So you think you know this is the one with it was your you know Belgian style blonde. It had some honey, wildflower honey, Belgian candy sugar type flavors, mm-hmm. but it had this rye malt bill, which made it taste more saisonny, gave it this kind of bumpy, gritty turn to it. And that beer was awesome. We were questioning whether uh, the normal person buying this beer is going to have their expectations set correctly by calling it a Belgian-style blonde. I think that might be a mistake, but the beer in the can, delicious. Yeah. Okay, so my rankings are are pretty similar. Uh, A couple of things are switched. On last place, I'm also going to put the Evil Twin. It just um, just felt like it was not not aiming for the right thing for... For whatever reason, it, you know, the work coffee stuff and just the over astringency afterwards. Not a huge fan of it. But again, like nothing was wrong with any of these beers. There wasn't any problems. 
um, in terms of like you know the quality of, of production, just simply things that we didn't we we liked or disliked mm-hmm. about uh, the, the flavors. In in fifth place, I'm going to put this flying dog here. A similar situation in that there wasn't just it just was aiming for a wrong for a different area than I'm looking for, and possibly not distinct enough for me to to get things. It, it just feels. A little more messy, a little bit more discombobulated, not really, very confused, kind of like the wet dream was. So, without knowing where to where to look for, you just, you're kind of you just have an assembly of parts and it doesn't make a greater whole. Is is kind of the mm-hmm. issue with the flying dog. Right. The in fourth place, I'm going to put the Kansas Territory. Part of it is is it being hot faded. Uh, I didn't get at the strawberry thing that Jeff did so much. Um, but it, there were again nothing wrong with it, and and enjoyable for what it was. In third place, I'm going to put the Great Lakes, the the humbler bastard. Uh, <laughs> not my favorite type of IPA, but but a good example of, of what you can do with those flavors. You can still make enjoyable stuff. Just going to switch one and two. Uh, I really enjoyed the Martin City a lot, especially to start out with something that was so unique and different and had a lot of. of great qualities to it that I really appreciated. But I just felt the modern times was more enjoyable. Just like sure. more directly They were good. Yeah, hit hit those marks like mm, definitely wanna you know, I would recommend both of them. Uh for sure. The other ones like, you know, okay, maybe, but these two I would definitely recommend to people. It's like you gotta try these. Martin City really to try something new and try an interesting kind of distinct flavor you're not used to getting and Black House to really get an enjoyable version of this coffee style, the kind of stuff that I think is is really well done. Sounds good. Thanks everybody for listening to yet another episode of Craft Beer Radio. 425 is coming up next time. Quarter of a way to another hundo. 425? It's a quarter of the way to another hundo. Five hundred. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Gotcha. <laughs> My math wasn't lining up for a second there. <laughs> I blame the beers. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. If you want to contact us, you can use the email beer at craftbeerradio.com. On Twitter, at craftbeerradio. My tweet Twitter thing is at Jeff Bear. My Twitter thing is at CBR Greg. And uh, we really do appreciate that you uh, take the time to listen to the show. Thanks so much. And if you want to help us, craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon.